Welcome to Just for Keeps, the podcast all about goalkeepers. This episode is brought to you by The Complete Footballer. The Complete Footballer was created to help young players excel in all aspects of the game. With Division I college experience, strength and conditioning certifications, nutrition certifications, coaching experience, and more, their coaches are able to provide the best for their players. Training sessions consist of injury prevention and strength exercises, speed and agility, first touch, awareness, ball control, and more. Everything you need to take your game to the next level. They can also provide nutrition tips and recovery recommendations. If you mention Just for Keeps, you can get 15% off your training package when you sign up. You can find more about them at thecompletefootballer1.com. That's thecompletefootballer and the number one. Episode of Just for Keeps, the podcast all about goalkeepers. I'm your host, Carter Hockman. Joining me this week is former Middlebury men's soccer goalkeeper and my former high school goalkeeper coach, Zach Abduglass. Thanks for coming on, Zach. Thanks for having me, Carter. Excited about the opportunity and happy to uh, happy to be here. Now, we have a lot to get into, but I'll start us off with my standard first question, which is when did you know that you wanted to become a goalkeeper? What made you want to play that position? Uh, it's funny. The, the moment is still crystal clear for me. Uh, I was on the playground in third grade, just, you know, elementary school. It was recess. We had a soccer game going on. Um, I stepped in goal and I made one save. I made it with my leg and I was like, this is for me. Um, and I, you know, continue to play other positions, continue to play other sports. But from that point, I always loved being a goalkeeper. So that was really the moment. And then, you know, further into my career and, you know, the rest of it, I, I got more training. I learned more about the position because I really didn't know anything about it at the time. All I knew is that I, I, I enjoyed that save and I wanted to keep doing that. That's so funny. I, I crystal clear remember my first moment as well when I was, I, think I was still playing Lexington in town soccer mm-hmm. um, in, in elementary school. And I, I just, I dove on, on the ball that was running, that was, you know, was rolling towards me and like five kids fell over me. I was like, that was sick. <laughs> it's a, it's a good feeling. It's a funny mentality too, but we, we can get into that as we go on. Yeah. I mean, you grew up in the fabulous town of Lexington, Massachusetts, just like myself. Did? I know just, I know just how accessible and inviting the soccer culture was when I was younger. Was it the same for you? Well, I think it was a little bit different maybe when I was, you know, going through my initial days because we really didn't know anything about soccer. Um, you know, my, my dad played football and baseball. Uh, my mom played a whole bunch of sports, but neither of them really played soccer at all. So it was just kind of a, a town thing, you know, like you do T-ball. It was similar to that. And at the time in Lexington, there were two soccer clubs. One was just the town and then the other one was um, kind of, I guess, a, a more competitive, more of a club-like team. And I was playing for the town team and I just had no idea that there was another level of soccer out there. Um, So it wasn't that it wasn't inviting. It just was that we didn't know. Um, And then those two clubs merged in eighth grade. And, uh, you know, once I was put on kind of the top merge team, you know, I I wasn't necessarily ready for it, but I wanted it. And I, I told the coach that I wanted to be there. And once that happened, the, the team was super inviting. I'm still friends with a lot of those guys, you know, still catch up from time to time, um, whether it's just through social media or, or whatever. But, you know, I found it to be, at that time, at least very inviting. 
Yeah, it was sort of similar for me. I mean, nobody in my family had played soccer. We just sort of fell into it. Um, I think through a few friends that I had from elementary school and I knew they were doing it. And I asked, you know, my mom was like, how can I get involved? And she's like, I have, I genuinely have no idea. So, Mm -hmm. um, but I want to jump ahead a little bit to high school and and, because you had a, I would say prolific high school career. What was, what was, what was your experience like as a whole? I mean, did you start? Cause I I just, I genuinely don't know. Did you start Mm -hmm. on the freshman team? Did you play JV or varsity right away? So I I started out on the freshman team and, and, you know, Lexington is a really great soccer program to be a part of, but it's really difficult sometimes because there's a lot of kids that, that play and um, that makes the teams really competitive. It makes the teams really strong. And so as a goalkeeper on the high school freshman team, I didn't see a lot of action, Um, which, you know, okay, it happens. Um, But that was, that was my freshman experience. I, I was a goalkeeper. There wasn't too much that happened sophomore year. Um, there was for the first time in my experience, there was a goalkeeper coach at the high school guy by the name of Paul Roberts, wonderful, wonderful person, you know, big influence in my life. And because of my experience with the freshman team, I said, Oh, I kind of still want to play field. I want to play field and I want to play goal. And he was very upfront with me and he kind of just sat me down and said, Hey, you know, you have some potential. You can either play JV and you can be a halftime goalkeeper and you can be a halftime field player or you can be on varsity and you, but you have to be a full-time goalkeeper and you have to commit to the position. And for me, it was a very easy decision at that point. I knew I was a goalkeeper. I knew I wanted to be a goalkeeper. And that was the moment where I said, okay, yep. Goalkeeper full-time never went back to playing the field at all. And then uh, joined the high school team. There was a, a senior uh, who was very talented as well. Um, and, you know, he had been on the varsity team for a year or two at the time. So he was the clear starter coming in. Um, you know, I worked hard. I, I got better. I improved throughout the season um, to the point where I started a state playoff game. I think it was the, the North semifinal um, before, you know, kind of nerves got to me in all honesty. And I, I didn't have a great game and then got benched for the final or the North final, which we ended up losing. Um, so that was kind of the, the start of my career on varsity. Uh, uh, after that, I was named a captain as a junior. And so was clearly uh, ha- had asserted myself and was the starter for the next two years. We had a, a great couple of years. I think over the two years that I was a captain, we lost three games, two of which being in the state playoffs, which was you know, really difficult you know, to, to have a team that was that good and that competitive and that, and won that much, but to never really bring home the trophy that we had been chasing the entire time. Yeah. I, I, I can relate to that experience, unfortunately very well. I, I think it was, it was my junior year um, when we had a stellar, stellar team and, and, you know, we won our, our first round game against Revere five, nothing. And we're like, all right, we're a competent team heading into the next round. And then we had, I think our most difficult test of the season. And we lost uh, in the second round against St. John's prep one, nothing. I ended up playing with their goalkeeper in college for three years, coincidentally, mm-hmm. um, the keeper who was playing in net for St. John's prep, a uh, great guy, Zach Rowell. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's, 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 the, that's one of those games you live with uh, for, for a long time. Well, you know, playoff soccer is tough, right? Especially at the high school level. There's so many things that that go on. You know, it's 
games every two days. And, um, you know, that, that doesn't mean that it doesn't still hurt to go down in, uh, in the playoffs. I believe you guys had the only undefeated season in LHS history back in 2008, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's actually in league history. We went 18 and 0 in the league. Um, no losses, no ties. And I don't think that that had ever been done before or since in the league, though after we left, right? So we started, you know, had 18 consecutive victories. I think the team went on for the next two years to not lose again um, for the next two years. So, um, you know, still really, really competitive team. And, you know, that's that's part of the program, right? You know, the the expectation that we win games is is still there to this day. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been a part of an undefeated season. I know my sophomore year playing JV, we only had one loss. And I think we were the first JV team in like five or six years to have a loss, which which speaks to the culture and the competitiveness of Lexington soccer, which is still the case. Yeah, you get, you know, 120 kids trying out for 60 spots at most. And there, there's other teams that are, you know, scraping to try and have full rosters. So I think that's, you know, it's a big advantage of the, the program in Lexington for sure. So what was the point for you where you're like, all right, I know I want to keep playing in college. And how did you land at Middlebury? Uh, it really wasn't until my junior year. Up until that point, I had still uh, been playing baseball. And junior year, I was expected to play baseball. I was in tryouts. And then uh, junior year was also the first year I played club soccer. So playing club soccer at that point, I was really into it. And when baseball tryouts rolled around, it got to the point where I was having to miss soccer for baseball. And at that point, I said, I, I can't put my whole self into this. I can't give it the time and the attention that it needs uh, if I really want to focus on soccer. And so at that point, maybe five, six days into tryouts, uh, I went to the coach's office and said, hey, coach, you know, I know I'm expected to play this year, but my heart's not in it. And I have other things that I want to focus on. And so I'm going to have I, I can't in good faith, you know, take a spot from somebody else, especially in tryouts. So I'm going to, you know, walk away now. And, you know, we shook hands and he said, thank you for doing it in person, as opposed to, you know, a text message or an email or whatever. And he, you know, he did a great thing, which was he, he left the door open for me to come back if I had wanted to. Um, but, you know, kind of that first season playing club with other people who were expecting to play in college was the first time where playing in college even occurred to me. Um, and so that was really exciting. I, I worked pretty hard. I went to a couple different recruiting camps uh, over the summer at different places um, Middlebury was not one of them at the time, but I also knew that I really wanted to match my educational goals with my soccer goals. Middlebury had just come off winning a national championship and they also have great language programs. You know, I, I teach French and Spanish now outside of coaching. Um, I was able to learn Arabic. I studied abroad. And so that was a big part of my Middlebury experience. And that's what I was looking for in a school. Uh, it just so happened that one of the coaches from the town program uh, named Brendan Donahue, uh, a Middlebury alumni and former player and former All-American at Middlebury. So him and Coach Sayward, who is my college coach, uh, they, they had a conversation and um, 
you know, it sounded like everything would be a fit. And so I applied and I, I didn't really end up committing until, you know, April of my senior year of high school. So I didn't go early decision. I didn't do anything like that. I was regular decision. Um, but there was still a spot for me on the team. And then I, you know, that's how I ended up in Vermont. That's eerily similar to, to my story. And, and the fact that I was also playing baseball well into my junior year and and then that was the first year that I had played club soccer for the first time. I had just, I had, you know, that was sort of the point where I was like, all right, you know, I could start looking at colleges and people were like, well, you need to play club if you want to get recruited. I'm like, what's club soccer? Right. And how do you get involved? And it, it was the exact same. I was, I was dedicating myself to two sports that I loved and you can't, you can't give a hundred percent to different things. And so that was the point where I was like, all right, well, you know, I'm still fighting for a spot on varsity for baseball. But at this point, you know, I'm considering I'm at the point where I can consider college soccer. And so I need to I need I need to bow out of baseball. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's tough. I mean, you know, there's so many great multi-sport athletes and it, it, it stinks that at times you have to really focus in that way. You know, we, we I wish it was different, but I felt like I was missing out on things that I wanted to be a part of. And that was kind of the ultimate decider for me. Well, how would you describe, I mean, you get to, you get to Middlebury. How would you describe your career there as a whole? You know, I, I loved my experience at Middlebury. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I think I might go back and do things a little bit differently. Um, if I had a chance, I think, you know, for everybody, hindsight is 2020. Um, and I think for everyone, regardless of how you start out, um, it's a big shift. And so, Part of it for me was that I came in as a freshman and I was probably a little bit underprepared and there was a sophomore ahead of me who won the job out of camp. And so that put me in a, in a hole for the next three years. Now, you know, Tim was an outstanding goalkeeper. He was an all American, you know, he played really, really well. Um, but I, you know, I considered myself to be a good goalkeeper, but I, I showed up unprepared and that was entirely on me. Um, it took me a year to figure out what I really needed to do. I showed up sophomore year in the best shape of my life. I was way fitter than I was as a freshman. Uh, I had worked out with another Lexington goalkeeper named Pete Crowley, who was at Babson at the time. And, you know, we worked out all summer and showed up ready to go, ready to play. And, you know, three days into preseason, I pull a muscle, you know, eight games into the season were eight. No. And Tim is playing at an all American level. And so, um, you know, sometimes things happen, you know, I, I felt like there was a chance to win the job in camp and then I got hurt. And then, you know, you have a guy who's playing incredibly, incredibly well. And so you live with that. Um, you know, he was team captain senior year. So maybe I would have done something different as a freshman and really tried to make a better play to win the job. But then I, you know, I feel like I played well as a senior. That was the year that I, I featured as the starter. Um, and, you know, we struggled as a team, but, you know, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. So on, on the whole, the experience, you know, when you're playing at a division three level, it's, it's bigger than just the soccer, right? I was able to have an experience. I was able to study abroad. I was able to pursue a lot of other things outside of soccer. And that was a really rewarding experience on the whole, because when you're playing D3, it is that, that holistic experience. You, you do have time away from the field and you can do some things that you can't in a division one uh, type of program. 
I always forget just how similar our stories together are as a whole. And because mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, you know, I, I, I walked into UMass Lowell completely underprepared. I wasn't, yep. I wasn't as ready as I thought I was. I mean, I, I carried myself with a lot of confidence going in and then captain's practice even before preseason, I didn't make a single save. I remember I and, heard about it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I told you all about it. And it was, you know, I, I'm like, all right, I need to, I need to get better fast, but you know, I'm still here. I was still recruited to be a division one player. Right. And I was wrong. And, you know, I'm behind a kid who was, you know, a conference rookie of the year, his year before he was a sophomore as I was a freshman. And then he's, you know, he's winning goalkeeper of the year, my, you know, the following season. And, but, you know, it's sort of the similar thing where, you know, I could, if I could go back, I would come at it with a more supportive approach and of, of him and more eager to learn than more eager to just why am I not playing? Right. Um, now, I, you know, I mentioned at the beginning, you and I have an interesting backstory together. And I, and I want to start, <laughs> I want to go back to my senior year of high school where you stepped in as the goalkeeper coach. Mm-hmm. That was an interesting and, and difficult year for everyone involved. One of the reasons being the season prior, the coach we both knew and loved at LHS, Samuel Dahari, suddenly passed away. Mm-hmm. And it was your first season back coaching, I believe. And we, had a, and we had a new head coach as well. Mm-hmm. I talked at length in the very first episode of the podcast about at this point in my playing career, uh, because, you know, the season prior, I had been thrust to the starting position through an injury and proceeded to rapidly excel as the season progressed. Now, both myself and the other goalkeeper, Ben Hagen, Shout out to you, Ben. Are are both fully healthy at this point, and essentially, we now have two starting goalkeepers. I I want to start by asking, what do you remember about going into that season? Uh, I mean, it kind of happened a little bit late for me. I I don't remember too too much about it. I think this would have been what twenty fourteen. I think so. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I kind of got brought on late and came into the situation and. Um, you know, the situation was that, uh, we had two goalkeepers, two seniors that were in contention, um, and that Ben had been named a captain. And so, uh, that was the situation I walked into and that is the way that kind of things progressed from there. Right. When you have somebody that has been elected a captain, um, you know, you turn to them first and then, um, see how things play out that year i think was also the first year we being myself and, mm-hmm. and ben even had a, a consistent goalkeeper coach i i remember we'd we had a few people come in years prior but they weren't always there at training and at you know at that point they had only really worked with the varsity goalkeepers mm-hmm. how competitive do you remember those training sessions being with with ben and myself to be honest it, it's six seven years ago now i don't remember a ton from it i know that we I am a very different coach than I, than I was then, you know, I've learned a lot about how goalkeepers develop. I've learned a lot about how to run sessions. I think I would label myself at that point, more of a goalkeeper trainer in terms of, okay, I'm going to throw you in and we're going to do a bunch of shots and things like that, which is not what I do now. So, um, you know, when it comes down to the minutia on a day to day, I think I, I, would imagine that things got pretty competitive and pretty heated um, and that there was a good competition between the two, uh, between both you and Ben. And um, 
that, that to be honest, that's all that I really remember about it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's probably more uh, fresh in my mind as as uh, it, I mean, it was it was a defining moment in my career. So I, I definitely uh, live with it a little bit more. But this is sort of at the, you know at this point, this is where I remember goalkeeper training becoming. It, it really includes and, and harps on the importance of, of footwork and distribution. Mm-hmm. I literally remember the first time you told me you need to work on your footwork. And I thought you meant working on ladder drills or foot placement. I had no clue. <laughs> I had no clue you were talking about playing with the ball at my feet. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when that focus on goalkeepers playing with their feet began to shift? Uh, absolutely. Uh, with Manuel Neuer. Um, you know, I think... You know, yeah, he's really the sweeper keeper, right? And he's kind of changed the position for everyone. Um, but in and around that too, you know, he was able to, you know, he could he could play as a center midfielder if he wanted to. So could, you know, goalkeepers like Ederson or Allison. Um, and that was really a big shift from the goalkeeper being just a pressure release valve that you pass back to as a last resort and they just thump the ball along to get you out of pressure. And then the evolution of the position, which was right around that time, because that was, I believe, the World Cup in Brazil yep. that, that Germany won with Neuer playing as Neuer plays. Um, and, and that was when I think everyone's eyes were opened to the possibilities of what it would mean to have a goalkeeper who is comfortable in possession and really, you know, make the opposition, right. Make the opposition defend the entire 120 yards of the pitch, as opposed to not having to worry about the goalkeeper uh, as anything other than someone who's going to launch the ball long. After the season, after my senior season ended is when my recruiting process really took off and Mm -hmm. I was being, told by coaches who'd seen my film as well that I also needed to work on my footwork. Mm-hmm. So you then became my personal goalkeeper coach and, and really pushed me to get ready for the college game. Yep. We'd be training at 8 a.m. twice a week. It was cold. The field was still wet. <laughs> it was miserable, but I wouldn't change it. I have to ask, I mean, we've, we've, we've established that I wasn't, but did you think that, did you think that I was ready for, the, for college soccer? I thought that you that you had the potential to be, but I think when we started, uh, and I, I mean this with no disrespect, I don't think so. You know, there was a lot of progression that needed to be made. Like you said, it's a it's a jump from being a big fish in a small pond to being a small fish in a very very big pond. Um, you know, I, I don't remember what the statistic is for for the number of high school athletes that go on to play, um, but you know there was a work ethic in there, but a lot of the things that you did needed to be sharpened, right? You know, you have your tools, you have the, the different things that make you a good goalkeeper and you had the desire, you had the work ethic to work on those, you know, but right off the bat when we started, there were definitely steps that you needed to take. And then, you know, you did what you needed to do to take those steps. Yeah. I, I remember thinking, you know, you know, but wait, I'm, I'm, I pitch shutouts regularly and, and I, you know, I, I'm a great shot stopper and my footwork is definitely getting better. And it's like, well, that's, that's great. But mm-hmm. you really, you know, it's, you don't know until you get there. Right. And I, I got there and I was like, wow, I'm not ready. <laughs> um, but you know, that, 
And sometimes that's a moment that needs to happen for goalkeepers. You need to right. kind of get punched in the mouth. Well, that's, that's, it's the Tyson quote, right? You know, you, you find out who somebody is after, you know, everybody can play until they get punched in the mouth and it's how they respond. Right. Exactly. Now we have to talk about the moment that really did change the course of my career oh, and my life to this point, which is you broke your nose. Yep. Now, I don't think I'll ever fully wrap my head around that being the exact moment that changed my life, but it did. Mm -hmm. You texted me saying you'd broken your nose and you were hoping that I could fill in for you for your club game coming up. Mm -hmm. What do you remember about that? Well, so it's funny. It starts with Paul Roberts again, uh, who was my high school goalkeeper coach. And we had had a conversation, you know, three or four o'clock in the afternoon about goalkeeping as a whole and said, you know, to be a goalkeeper, you kind of need some of that reckless stupidity or bravery or however you want to call it. Um, but the the mentality to put yourself in a situation where you might get hurt, but you'll make a save. Um, and that night, you know, I went out to play in a men's league game and went into a 1v1, went down at somebody's feet, took a cleat across the face looked up ball went wide of the net so i was happy about that and then somebody go turns to me and goes oh you're bleeding and i was you know leaking out the nose pretty good um i had taken the bottom of a cleat across the face i still remember the sound of it uh because the guy was trying to hurdle me he was trying to jump over but i got the bottom of his cleat right across the face and i can send you the picture if you want carter um but that put me out of commission. I mean, I had a broken nose. Uh, it ended up requiring three surgeries to, to fix everything, all the damage that had been done. Um, but when it came to the next game, you know, I was, I was not able to get out there. I, I don't know if I could have played even, you know, even if I'd wanted to. Um, but I definitely needed to, to take a bit of a break and, and, you know, I thought to myself, oh, well, you know, I got somebody here that I've been working with that could that could use a shot and that could use a, an opportunity to get in a game. You know, he's getting ready for a college season. Um, so we'll throw him in and see how he does. And, and at that point, you know, I was I think I was committed to Springfield College. But right. even then, the head coach at Springfield College, who's now an assistant coach at Real Salt Lake, mm-hmm. um, he wasn't sure he wasn't sure that I was ready. He was he was saying to me, you know, there's another freshman that we're bringing in um, and we're going to you know, we're going to take him. And if you want to walk on your your sophomore year, we'd we'd love we'd be happy to have you walk on. But even mm-hmm. at that point, you know, he wasn't he wasn't confident that I was that I was ready. And, at, you know, on, on the other team just so happens to be Christian Figueroa, the head coach of UMass Lowell. Yep. And I had gone to a couple of ID camps at UMass Lowell, back to back years, and he knew who I was, and mm-hmm. and and that changed that changed everything. I, I in that game, I don't think I I don't think I told you. I also managed to to piss off New England Revolution legend Kano Smith with oh, yes. maybe a little bit too much trash talk, <laughs> which is the lesser known part of that story. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I didn't hear about that. I did hear from from my teammates that you know you you stepped in and you played well. You know, that team that we had played against was one of the top teams in the league. I think they had won the league a couple of times recently. And I got a call from Christian a little bit later on just saying, hey, like, you know, I know you've been working with Carter and, you know, he was at this game. You know, what's his status right now? Is he is his recruiting kind of like what, what what's his plans for the fall? 
And so, you know, we, we had been talking about that. And so I, I, you know, we knew, knew the situation at Springfield and said, Hey, I think he'd be open to it. Um, and I think that's when kind of he and you connected about getting you to, to, to lull for the fall. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I've ever been more grateful for somebody breaking their nose in my life. <laughs> um, oh. Because it, it really did. It spurred something that, that truly changed the course of my life. And I'll always thank you for breaking your nose. Well, you're, you're welcome, I guess, for, for breaking my nose. And I, I will promise that I, I have no intentions of doing so ever again. Yeah, breaking, that's breaking my nose that and you need a hand i'm happy to help out but yeah. uh, just don't ask me to break my nose again i that that I mean that that's that's a reasonable request i mean not only that you i mean you continued to coach me in into the in the first few off seasons when i was at lowell so mm-hmm. i you know i can't i mean because even we're well aware I, I mean christian told me that even when i was at lowell that my footwork still needed to improve and i think it took until maybe my senior year to get to where he was hoping that I would get to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, like, that's the thing, you know, it was a, a, a thing for me as well in terms of having to learn that aspect of the game because I came to club soccer so late, right. It, it wasn't an expectation of the goalkeeper and, um, you know, town soccer when I was playing, it was, you know, the, the goalie stays in his box and he, you know, saves shots when he can and, and, Maybe he takes a goal kick, or if there's any kicking that he does, it's just a long punt. And how? I mean, how have you seen the position evolve since this point? Yeah, I, I think it really has changed when you look at the the world stage because the the goalkeeper has become much more integrated with the team as a whole. Um, you know, you talk about the way that uh, Man City play, or you talk about the way that Liverpool play. The goalkeeper is fully integrated. And I know that those are some of the, the top teams in the world. Um, but those goalkeepers are expected to be able to help solve possession, right? Sometimes it doesn't go right. You know, uh, we're talking on what is today on, on a Thursday, you know, we saw yesterday the, the goal that Chelsea gave up against Arsenal. Um, go Gunners, by the way, what go Gunners, by the way, yes, absolutely. But it it came out of a bad back pass, um, or, or not being on the same page as the goalkeeper and, uh, you know, caused chaos and Arsenal was able to profit from it. So the goalkeeper, I think, is much more integrated in the buildup. It's not just 10 against 10 with the goalkeeper on either end. It's truly 11 v 11. Um, and I think that's definitely been a huge evolution of the position. Well, Zach, this was, this was a lot of fun. And thank you again for breaking your nose and for coming on today. <laughs> thank you for having me, Carter. It was great to, to catch up and great to chat. Guys, this was another awesome episode of Just for Keeps, the podcast all about goalkeepers. Thank you again to Zach Abduglass for coming on. I've been your host, Carter Hawkman. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Just for Keeps, 